You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. Here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the byline here. Deep within the lush grounds of Gracewood Gardens, horticulturalists. Sorry, I can't. It's hard to say that word. Horticulturalist. Horticulturalist tends to more than just plants. With a meticulous hand and unwavering devotion, he's created an idyllic sanctuary for his demanding employer, Mrs. Haverhill. But when troubled great niece Maya arrives seeking an apprenticeship, Narvel's perfectly cultivated life begins to unravel, unearthing secrets from a violent past and threatening to destroy everything he holds. Dear, I mean that's that would have been great. Yeah, to watch. I think that's apparently what he holds dear is just sitting by himself when he's not out tending plants (laughs) and writing in his journal. By yourself is sitting by yourself is pretty awesome sometimes. (laughs) Like honestly, that and depending on the day you've had, that can be like the life for you. I agree. (laughs) I agree. And here is something I never thought I'd agree because, like, I rewatched Beetlejuice recently, and I and I always thought, wow, the Malins are stupid for vacationing at home. That's what idiots. Now it's just like I. That's that's honestly the most relatable thing right now. I, I know. I our listeners don't know about this, but I I've spent the last ten minutes talking about it. But I'm having oral surgery tomorrow, which is a, <laughs> tomorrow's a Friday, and uh, it's two days recovery uh, where you're just in bed, like uh, being woozy and taking medications before you can actually start redu- resuming your normal activities. And I am looking forward so much to those two days, not leaving, <laughs> not doing anything, just putting on a series of movies and um yeah so it sounds good to me would this be a movie then that would be better on the drug cocktail you're gonna have after tomorrow well i think no well i think you see paul schrader you you automatically know that the movie itself is a drug cocktail has potential to be anyways uh so (laughs) so i mean i mean it wouldn't matter (laughs) in other words so but no it's it's a good point this is directed and written directed by paul schrader uh he's done some things i don't know if you ever heard a taxi driver he wrote that eh, it's all not right. a big deal 
Nah, no big deal. Don't murder um, me, Leonard Box. He's 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 getting up there though. Like, dude was born in '46. Like, I mean, kudos to him to still be doing this. Yeah, you know, to still to still wanting to be doing it, to still wanting to like to have still have his. You know, this is on this is his own script. To still like be, um, regardless of you know the because he's done some stuff I haven't really liked, but uh, to still be like churning out your own stuff and still be getting it made. I mean, hey. Props. And he's recently had two great back-to-back hits with First Reformed, which I thought was outstanding, and and the Card Counter, which I which I found incredibly engrossing. And here I just found Master Gardener incredibly dull and a little bit more of the same and more and more the lesser parts of the previous two movies. Even the poster designs are the same. Well, to me, it just feels like there's something missing, like just pieces of it, like through the whole thing. Like there's things that should have happened or should be happening that maybe connect it because there's basically like three different stories. There's, you know, the the initial setup, there's a road trip, and then there's what would be the third act, like hyper violent action scene, except it isn't any of that Schrader's strength has never been really plot. Like, I don't think it was, I don't think it was a very, uh, like a plot, um, heavy director. And, uh, he, he's definitely more into the character pieces. And I think as a character piece, um, I found this, uh, to be, to be very, very, um, you know, enthralling. It really pulled me in. Um, because mainly because of the world that these people were living in. And as soon as I saw like the, the garden area, I thought this is such, th- this is not, this is not a beautiful garden. This garden looks, um, it doesn't look robust. It doesn't look alive. It looks pretty dead. And you go into the main house and all the surroundings. And it is a pretty like um, dreary, gloomy sort of world. And it's almost like, you know, these three main characters, um, Norma Haverhill, uh, Narvel, and Maya, all those people are almost a little dead inside. And uh, they're just almost existing as ghosts. On that level, I found it. I found it really good. I think the the film, what the film, when the film loses steam, is when it leaves that world, when it has to go into into the the real world, and um, I don't think it ever rebounds because that because that world and these people who are sort of semi existing in it, uh, for me, was so intoxicating. Like uh, it's almost like it's almost like like gothic in a way. And I do agree that yeah, Schrader has never been too heavy on the plot like he is very much more character first and that can work like again like that that's what honestly really worked so much about first reformed but with like the card counter i think he actually had a good balance of character and plot in that here just not so much i do want to point out i do uh like joel edgerton like you're always gonna get something great out of him Really, and Sigourney Weaver is Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah, and able Listen. to play such a bitch very well. Right. Uh, but but even her like wearing that red dress, and then she's like, "Okay, take me upstairs," and like I'm in that moment by myself, watched it, and I kind of like look around. I'm like, "Who me?" She's, <laughs> pretty, she, she, she's pretty great because um, I think out of all the characters, she's the only one still living in her past none of these none mm-hmm. of these characters have like you know pretty pretty backgrounds to to draw sure. on and um and 
but she's the only one that still is her past is also her present. And um, that's why I thought that uh, that was really interesting to say. And I hate comparing things. I hate saying, oh, this movie is like that movie. But, uh -huh. you know, that's that's for the Joe Schmoes. We're critics, people. We're, we're better than that. But um, but there was something of a, of a Miss Haversham uh, quality to her. You know, this, the, the, you know, she is sort of like a, a right, right out of Charles Dickens in you yeah. know, Great Expectations. And I think the, the whole story within those grounds, within the garden in the main house felt very Dickensian. And, it, you know, it could have come. It's almost like, you know, it's, it's hard to tell the until we saw that one shot of him at a Dell computer. I thought, well, this can be any time. Yeah. Which, you know, which I really like because um, some things are just un universal. Um, but um, but yeah, I think that uh, the character dynamics here are really what will make this work. Uh, the plot for sure has never been good on plot. In fact, when I, in Card Counter, the plot was the only thing I didn't like because it felt so it felt so forced where everything about the characters seemed organic and natural. Um, and I think here, like I said, that's, that's this movie's greatest strength. You figured a guy at his age would know how to like inject a little bit more plot into your story after so much time. And I get, maybe you're just, you know, you wrote the big thing and then that's going to be your playground for the rest of your but life. But probably doesn't want to. No. And, and maybe, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, who am I to tell him how to write? But like, there were moments here where assumptions are made in the plot and with the characters to get us to the next point. And not that I need to be handheld every time, but with how complicated some of these pasts are, it, it, it felt like it needed a little bit more than just, you know, two characters monologuing to each other. Like, well, I kind of like that. Um, one of the things I always hate in movies is what I call uh, movie splaining. Uh huh. When like two characters have who haven't seen each other who have like a history together show up together show up in a room and they're like, oh, Luane, you know that one time when we were both twelve yeah. years old and you traumatized me by doing this and this and that and it's yeah. like it's like okay okay it's like I I it's like I don't dude. I, I'm, I can infer. All right? right. Like, don't really, you know, like, like you say, don't hold my hand. And I think Schrader, um, I think he does that quite, quite well. He avoids that. This is not a movie that's going to talk down to its audience no. by, um, by assuming that um, it needs to have its hand held. And, and he doesn't. Also, he's not, he didn't care about holding your hand, no. which is another reason I love him. <laughs> the, uh, one of the things that is interesting about it, um, which goes back to the character, not the plot is power dynamics and how they're they're exhibited in the in the movie because there is a a very clear delineation between Haverhill and um Narvel at the beginning and there's a significant shift by the time you get to the end but there's there's also significant change within him when it comes to dealing with Maya like there's there's and those scenes are almost blatant like hey guess what this is where the power is going to change can you see mm -hmm. the power changing yeah. it's changing right here <laughs> what are you talking about the uh the, the motel room i am talking about that in particular yeah. but like uh. what's well, so funny because both of them both women which i find really really interesting both women um do have a sort of like hold on him and one of them it's very uh manipulative but for another one it's almost uh almost almost vengeful mm-hmm it, and it's, I, I and, saw it, I saw it more as like a baptism or oh, like a cleansing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah. like she was, cause she took time to dwell in those thoughts yeah. and 
she asked to come in the room. She asked if it okay. was okay. Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, 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 okay. yeah, I like that. That's I, pretty cool. Okay, that yeah. I agree. I'm gonna with. steal it from my other review. No, no, that, that, that <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with Chad on that because that shows a, a very big change for Maya, who is played by uh, Quintessa Swindle. That scene is powerful, but it also kind of made me feel a little bit forever uncomfortable and it wasn't the age gap that's, that's well it's well it's meant to be an uncomfortable scene no, as well. i get that it's just more that and chad you you, you might want to believe this or something but no no good i don't want to root for the fucking i don't care if he's fucking reformed i don't i don't feel comfortable jordan i don't think that has anything to do with it really i think it's more um because this is not a it's not ask it, this is not a um, it's not a redemption sort of uh sort of moment because it's not a character that that's seeking redemption doesn't he doesn't really think there's that redemption's in the car for him uh so he doesn't seek that out i think this is really there is some atonement happening in doing what he wants to do for her he wants to prove that he is capable of something good and I thought that was very interesting that he's not, he, he's not, he's not asking to be forgiven. He, he knows he probably can't be, and he, he's lost everything that was important to him as a result of his past life. Um, but in that scene, particularly in the motel room, what struck me as so powerful is, you know, when, when she makes him strip down and there's that mirror shot, but you know, with, with the two of them, her behind him, she's making him look at his past and see it through her eyes see who he was through her eyes. And that is such a powerful moment because that's something that he, that he has never done that because he's never been forced to do that in that way. So I thought it was, um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was very, very powerful. Okay. When money. you put it like that. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. That, that does, that, 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 that does change my perspective on the whole thing on the whole film and that scene. My biggest complaint with that scene is just the way it was shot. Hmm. It wasn't very inspired, like very, very like creatively or. Yeah. Like, so they were trying to not show the bodies, her body specifically. And it looked like she was wearing Lycra and it was really obvious. Oh, okay. And I feel like you could have just. Shot around it. Lit it a little bit differently. Did more silhouettes. She could have been nude, um, but created more of a silhouette than just like, because it just looked like. Bears. It, it almost looks like taking uh, the clothes off a Barbie doll. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. And, and like pla- like and, mounds and, of plastic sort of you know thing kind of yeah. like or just yeah. the featurelessness of it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and not that I'm like a horn dog and I'm like I need to see areolas, <laughs> but it's but it, but it, but it, it but just it's, didn't it's, look right. It's curious that that, tra- that trader wouldn't have gone and done that. That he wouldn't have gone that far to show that. Oh, well, I was gonna say it's like that might have been done more to make uh, Quintessa Swindell feel a little more comfortable since they are non-binary sure, absolutely. Yeah. And, and go by yeah. uh they he pronouns but like i i felt like that could have been d- done more just to make them feel comfortable in doing this scene got it i th- i think though what what we end up looking at though is all of the things that we are talking about that do sort of work for this are as we said not the the plot or the story there 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 are scenes there are pieces there are elements that you point to and you're like, oh, this is really cool. Oh, I see what's going on here. Because the power dynamic shift, obviously, there's the whole little, the, this, the little threesome of them. 
But there's also the thing involving the Fed that he talks to. Oh, right. And then his handler. yeah, Right. And then there's the replacement. And he the dynamic shifts there, like before he's almost sort of like still sort of like a supplicant, like he's he's, you know, but the the new guy shows up and he's like, you know what? I don't I don't need you. This is I'll I'll deal with this on my own. That's where this movie usually works is is in those little pieces as a whole. I don't know that it worked for me entirely, but there are pieces of it that I'm like, oh, that's great. I love that. Followed by another scene that I'm like, okay, I guess. I like the idea of this, and I like some of the execution of it. Um, I don't think it wholly works for me. That may just be me. Good performances from the cast. Some interesting visuals. Some shots that are set up well. I agree with you. I don't think the gardens are particularly spectacular. And it feels like those are the big feature. Like the fanciest flower is the opening of the movie during the credits. Uh, or flowers, rather. I don't know what I was expecting from this. And whatever it was, I didn't get it. But I don't know if that's necessarily a flaw in the film or my expectation. I'm kind of in the middle on this, but I also recognize both the history of the the director and the elements of it that were good were really good. Um, so I will give this 3.25 out of five pruning shears. I thought you were going to go like 10 decimal places. I could have. <laughs> I did that. I mean, I can. You want me to get more granular? Well, you're, will, not, but... you're doing it like per scene at that point. Yeah. yeah. I, I start totaling it up. Okay. So points up for this scene, points down for this one. We'll see what we total up at the end. Look, you can't spreadsheet nature, okay? I will say, Frank did legitimately change my view on much of the movie and, you know, uh, how to view Joel Edgerton's character with his analysis. So thank you for that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this movie's still dull as shit to me, uh, personally. I just feel, like, of the recent, like, triumphant efforts of Paul Schrader, this is the weakest one. The whole lighting about the hotel room scene, very good. And there are good performances. It's just, even at 107 minutes, I kind of felt like this movie was lacking a lot of things. Maybe that's just me. It's it's just. It's not just you. Yeah, it it, it, it just <laughs> didn't quite grab me. It's both of you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, it, so, <laughs> so so not. I couldn't resist. I got yeah. you, girl. <laughs> so not. I'm with you. So not going on a scale of ten. I'm going to give this movie five out of thirty-eight different kinds of hoes. I didn't know there were that many kinds of hoes. I thought there, there was uh, like. There are a lot of hoes out there, Jordan. <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I did watch WWF Attitude and saw all the hoes Godfather had. I yeah, mean, I knew those Luda different Chris types. has hoes in different area codes. So. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Him and Luda. The best way to go into this is without any expectations, because uh-huh. I think Sh- Schrader, Schrader doesn't... Uh, he didn't give two shits about anyone's expectations, which I love that about. I love that about him. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I, I hope I, to be that crotchety. I know, I know, and that how much that much creative freedom um, because his movies still getting keep, keep on getting made. I mean, ever since Blue Collar, his directorial debut, which if anyone has not seen Blue Collar, see Blue Collar. It is um, 
it's it's it really is a work of art yeah i think where this falls apart is is in the plot uh, this is a character piece and if it had just been a straight on character piece it would have been brilliant um but he had to introduce what tarantino calls the plot rock which is this big device you need to just throw on your characters and have them do something just to move this big old plot rock from point a to point b um instead of just like staying on them and exploring who they are as characters and um i wish he i wish he'd had more um more faith in, in in these characters and in the writing uh to to make this a character piece all the way through um but he didn't and like i said when they leave the garden when this does become you know um pot centric uh it falls apart it it falls apart but it stays in spite of it it stays genuine it stays honest until um i think the very last scene when a revelation is made about uh uh two characters not a really revelation but like a conclusion about two characters and i thought well that's not right that i mean not not like right in the sense that that's it's wrong but that's just not true for for those two characters i just don't think that they that that would be their fate together uh in that way um and that's that really is only where the movie lost me as as uh, as as weak as more of a character piece than a plot piece. That's where that movie lost me. I was like, oh, you almost had it, you almost you almost had it, man, you almost did. Um, but this is still worthwhile. Uh, it is a, it is a good solid character piece. Characters who are flawed, um, each one of them, and um, and it's honest about their flaws. And even better, it. Um, because American audiences are going to do this, um, it doesn't judge them for their flaws. It presents them in a very honest way, um, and that that makes all the difference in the world. When 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 you you know as an artist, when you don't judge your characters, I like this way more than I thought I would. Considering the plot elements, it's not going to be for everybody. But Schrader's never been for everybody. You know, as much as much of a Schrader fan as anyone claims to be there will be plenty of his works that don't resonate don't, don't resonate with you um you know i definitely have a couple um but uh but it is uh it is pure schrader in the sense that it is another sort of trip down into the underbelly of humanity filtered through his specific lens um and uh that's always going to be worth a trip to the movies so i'm going to go ahead and give this eight and a half out of 10 wallpapers of jellyfish wallpapers have jellyfish on them because i saw that and i thought oh my god this is you doing that like eye lamp from first reformed only it's a blue wallpaper with jellyfish all over it, and i want that so badly for the downstairs bedroom i would i would wallpaper the shit out of that room with that it was just for my money beautiful everybody here has already said everything to me i think the third act just flops i think it could have done better but I did like it as a character piece, and I thought it was interesting. And I'll say 6.9. Nice. Out of 10. Um, uh, threatening uh, circumcisions from Narvel. That kind of was like, wow. I mean, what, I mean, that was a great moment when he's like, you know, I use shears a lot. You know what else I use shears for? It's like... It's, it's, uh, well, Brilliant. I know what else he could use those shears for to help give absolute affordable bottom surgery for trans femmes out there. Come on, you <laughs> fucking coward. Well, when that garden finally does die, people start pretending that it's actually alive. That could be like a, a new career for him.